Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Round five, beginning at the very first verse. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and there is a, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. I'm sorry, let me re-pronounce, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. While I'm coming, another step of down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up thy bed, walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. We'll conclude at that point. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for being in our midst. Thank you for the love that we feel as your children, one for another. Forgive us when we have failed to properly represent you to each other and to those of our friends and our loved ones whose hearts and souls have not yet been turned to you. We pray the outpouring of your Spirit upon us this morning as we look at what you did for a man who was lame. In Christ's name we pray. We have an interesting scene in this particular passage of Scripture. It was, a Sunday, it was a Sabbath day, Saturday, that the Jews observed as their day of rest, in which there was to be no labor done. But we find the scene around a pool of water. A building was there that had five porches on it, and Lingering around under the shade of the roofs of these porches were many, many of the, the lame, the blind, people sick 
having maladies of every nature, because they had come to believe, whether this pool had medicinal purposes or not, but they had come to believe that it was possible for the first person who could get into that water after an angel troubled the water, after the water had some movement believed to be caused by an angel, that that first person would be healed. This is not different than all of those who have found themselves lingering around pools in, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, or Warm Springs, Georgia, or even Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, believing that there was something about that water that had some capabilities to heal and cure. It's not uncommon the modern scene that we have of hearing of somebody, some girl, some doctor who can heal or cure or has the medicine that we need. We'll spend all kinds of money to, to find the cure for our body. Do whatever it takes. Found out in the Old Testament, Naaman the leper, who was willing to spend huge sums of money that he might be cured of his leprosy, but rejected the very simple process that he was given when he was told to go out to the Jordan River, dug himself in. somewhat interesting to me that on a day of rest that we find Jesus out mingling amongst all these people that were around the pool. He didn't take the day to stay home in his place of comfort, such as oftentimes we do. We've come this morning out of comfortable homes, into a comfortable church, in order that we might enjoy each other's company, and here, somehow or other, receive a tremendous uplift and a blessing. And this is good that we do those things. We're told to come together as God's children, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, because there is something we can get from each other that we can't get alone. We have our limits. There are needs that we all have that we can't begin to, to take care of. Sometimes I'm afraid that we nearly put blinders on and think that the only thing there is is the satisfaction of ourself, even the spiritual satisfaction of ourself, becomes paramount and superior to anything we possibly might do, such as uh, walk through the porches 
that are full of terrible cases of wilderness. On a number of occasions, I have had the responsibility of going through Fulham Anderson Center and St. Mary's that houses the worst cases in this state of children and people with minds of children who cannot possibly grow into responsible adulthood. But I've seen babies whose heads are twice the size of their body. And men who are 40 years old with beards that are only three feet tall down on the floor playing with toys. It's very difficult to say that that's a mountaintop experience. But I am spiritually lifted. As a matter of fact, I never have felt that on those occasions, but more often felt depressed. Began to share a little bit of some of the misery and the agony that must go on in the lives of some of those families. I'll never forget when Lynn was ready to start the school and she was a few days too young to get into school that year, but that one year, the legislature, and I think in their wisdom, and I've always wondered if it were not just for Lynn herself, passed a law that made it possible for a child to be tested, and if they could pass the mental test, to go into school young. She was something like six days or whatever. Too young. I took her to Colin Anderson Center for the purpose of being tested by a psychologist for him to pass as to whether she would go to school that year. She passed with flying colors. Her IQ far outstripped me, always did. Uh, there was no doubt my mind when I took her that she would be allowed to go to school. But as I sat in the waiting room while the doctor tested her and came back and told me that she was superior in all her all the categories that he had tested her for, I overheard the conversation of another father and his wife, who were not there for the purpose that I was there. They were there to have their child taken by that school. I have never forgotten that contrast. Because here was a person lying on the porches around the pool of Bethesda, if you can make that uh, transfer, who had tremendous need. When I was there, because my child would not have to do that, but would get to go to school. We live in a world of tremendous difficulties and abuses from all the things that destroy lives. One of my 
favorite television programs that I haven't seen for a long time is Hee Haw. And I always liked that particular one that that quartet sings, Gloom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Remember that one? And sometimes we all get ourselves into this situation of thinking, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Everything is bad. Everything is bad. Then maybe we would be reminded of the little statement that you have all heard when somebody said, I cried because I had no shoes until I saw someone who had no feet. There are those around us who need the love and the care and the concern of the church, of us as Christian people, and need to know there's a Christ who walks in their midst. I think when Jesus walked on the porches around that pool, he was demonstrating to us that it is the responsibility of the church to do the same, to walk where there are needs. And although we can't possibly begin to answer all the needs that we face, we have a Christ who can do one of two things. He can bring healing, and in the if he does not bring healing, he can bring enough grace to, to suffice us to handle the problems that we have. That's why we have in Christ something that is so extremely valuable. We're here in a beautiful sanctuary amongst friends to worship today, and that's good that we do that. And we were inspired by Pauline song, and it's good that we do that. And you might, maybe somebody might even say it was a good sermon when it's over. I hope somebody will be kind enough to say that. That's good. On Wednesday nights, we have good services of Bible study and and our youth group, and that's good. We have programs of all kinds going on, and those things are good. And every once in a while, we have a mountaintop experience, and that's tremendous. But listen, we have to come down off the mountain and go back into the valley. That we don't want to do. Because it's awful difficult down there. When we walk on the porches and see the misery of the world, we don't want to do it. Jesus walked amongst those, and I've always found it strange, and when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, why did he pick out the one man? When there were all of these many, many men, who are all in bad shape, such as he. He'd been 38 years in his condition.
times we say the need is so great that we cannot possibly handle it, we're overwhelmed with it. And I'm reminded in this story that although we recognize that we can't begin to carry the load of society, and possibly we can't even carry the load of our own families at times, he doesn't ask us to, he just asks us to go one on one. He doesn't ask us to solve all the world's problems. He just asks us to solve or help or be a part of solving with just one person. That's all. Just one. We can do that, can't we? Can't we be a friend to just one? Can't we impart some good thought to just one? Can't we put the scripture to just one? Can't we put our arms around just one? That's all he asks. That's all he did. He went to the one. And he talked to the one. Jesus said, Inasmuch as ye have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, to one, you've done it. So you see, we're not just putting the arm around an unfortunate friend, one in difficulty. We're not expressing concern for that person. We are saying, I will do this for Jesus' sake. Maybe you're one of those who has that need, and we've talked the last couple of Sunday mornings about things of that nature. But maybe the big need in your life today deals with your soul. Do you need saved? I want to tell you, if you don't want to be saved, you made a mistake coming this morning. Service. You made a mistake. When I was a teenager, my grandfather Sheets was on his deathbed. He was a very godly man, a deacon in the church. We were staying up with him day and night, expecting him to die at any moment. He sent somebody to get me and brought me to his bedside. And he gave me a little sermon. He said some things to me that I've never forgotten. Some of the things he said I have forgotten, but the one statement that I want to tell you, and I want to make a point out of this, I've never forgotten. He said to me, the eyes of the Lord are upon you. Those are his I want to tell you, the eyes of the Lord are piercing your very soul right now. Every one. You cannot avoid it. His eyes are looking intensely and piercing it. 
to come to a one-on-one with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are the person with the soul that is in need lying on the porch. And Jesus walks amongst his people and his eyes pierce their soul. He knew how old the man was. He knew what his, his problem was and he knew how long he'd been there. He knew the condition of the man and Jesus knows your condition and mine today. And he says to the man, Will you be made whole? Now that's the question. It is not a question, can you be made whole? Or will Jesus do it, but will you allow it to be done? You see, there is the consent of the will that must be applied. It's the first step. We've learned that that's the first step actually in becoming physically well. Is the mind is set upon becoming well. There is real concern on the part of all medical people and pastors as well about people gravely ill in the hospital who have given up. They will not be made whole. concern on the part of the church dealing with the spiritual wholeness of people because the question must be asked not is Jesus willing but are you willing as an individual are you willing to be made whole you know that the scripture says that God is not willing that anyone should perish but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that anybody would be lost. He said, whosoever will may come. He said, I will in no wise cast him out. Men crowd around for physical healing. Somehow or other, we have to convince people that they're spiritually in need of healing as well. It's a strange thing that the worst disease that could possibly happen to man, we have to continually say, hey, you've got it. You need to be healed. And there's only one person who can do it. You can't go to Charleston CAMC. It won't happen there. There's only one physician who knows how to do it, and who never turns away a single patient, who sees them day and night, who is always willing to give the cure, and it won't cost a dime. All this physician asks is that you want to be whole. You're willing to let him do it. 
people start saying, Oh, I can't do that. Jesus said to the man, You want to be whole? The man said, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. That wasn't the question that Jesus asked. Don't come up with other questions. Respond to the question. And Jesus looked at him and he said, Rise, pick up your bed and walk. I want you to know some things about this statement. Number one, he said, Get up, rise. The man could have said, I can't. That's the answer we give over and over again to the Lord when he says, do, go, be. I can't, I can't. You see, you don't understand. I've been, I'm 50, 60, 70 years old, and I never accepted the Lord. I can't get out of my seat and walk down that aisle. I can't. I'll tell you something. The reason that we have this as a part of an invitation is to give the person the opportunity to say, I can and I will. I want to be all the people that I've dealt with over the years, I've found out that for the most part, most of them are saved when they take the first step and start. We're already saved for them. And here. Because of the response, I, I want to be saved, and the Lord says that I will. You come as a saved person. Well, we don't understand your conditions. You're not saved, but I'll tell you one thing. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. And they are burning holes in the very soul. And you can't get away from it. Those of us who are Christian are under that same scrutiny. Sometimes we think we can sin in private or do something way off somewhere and nobody will ever know about it. The eyes of the Lord are all seen. Well, there are lots of people who are cripples for life simply because mom always picked them up. You mothers, many of you, I'm no doubt are guilty when your kids were little. When they fell down, you ran and picked them up. You didn't give them a chance to get up on their own. The Lord did not go over and pick this man up. He commanded him to get up. That's the exercise of faith. Stand up. And then the Lord didn't say, well, I'll carry your bed because you're too weak to carry it. He didn't say that either. Carry your own bed. Get up. Pick up your bed. Walk. You want to be saved today? Get up. Respond to the Lord when he asks you, do you want to be saved? 
serious about it, it'll happen. He's going to tell you to get up. Walk. He'll ask you to do it in the service as a demonstration of your, your intent. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.